All right, welcome everybody to the first ever Between Two Rocks podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we're going to have a fun time today, I hope. Uh, so uh, I guess we'll start by introducing our guests. Uh, straight ahead is my co-host for the afternoon. Uh, he is a aspiring real estate magnate slash good friend of mine. And uh, welcome to the show, Colin Ryan. Thank you. Good to be here. I'm excited. You see how this excited. first one goes. This might be the first and the last. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Your excitement is obvious. That is good. Uh, and my guest today, uh, our first ever guest, is someone I met through like the New Haven bike community and just various things. She made me a super cool illustrated headshot, which I use all the time now. Uh, please welcome Caroline Smith. Hey, what's up? Hey, how's it going? Good. Good. Thanks for coming here, guys. Appreciate it. She sounded nice more excited. Yeah. <laughs> it's more natural more for her. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's good. I'm going turn this master down a little bit. All right. Yeah. I think we're hitting the red. It'll figure this all out later, guys. It'll be great. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this is the first one. Uh, just expect some growing pains here. You know, we uh, we don't really have a format quite figured out. Colin and I have some disagreements about the kinds of questions that should be asked. Oh, wow. uh, but it is mm-hmm. my podcast, so he can just fuck <laughs> off. It doesn't matter what he thinks. It's fine. Can I jump in with a question? You sure can. Yeah. I'm just curious, actually, what was the genesis of the podcast? What made you want to start? Uh, that's a little personal. I don't know <laughs> if you can get into that. <laughs> I know. I barely worked it out in therapy. <laughs> uh, you know, I it's just uh, it's just more another way to get the voices out there. You know what I mean? Mm. It's a it's a way to kind of free flow ideas. Um, you know, when I when I write between two rocks, it's super fun, but it's mostly my voice. You know, mm. and maybe one or two other voices in New Haven, but fundamentally. I'm kind of like in my own little world, you know, and I figured this was a good way to sort of bounce ideas off of other people and just, you know, I don't know. I think there's something to be said for the conversational nature of podcasting. Mm -hmm. So plus like, I think New Haven independent radio or whatever, like it's cool, but it's probably a little bougie and like, you probably can't swear or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. So we're sort of like the bastard child of that. Josh invited me over to watch basketball. I didn't know this was happening, so this is the first time I've heard of this. How's your bracket doing? It's good. Yeah, it's busted. It's busted. Yeah, <laughs> really. I don't. I don't fill them out when UConn's not in it. So it's just. Yeah, I actually feel the same way. I'm paying no attention to it without UConn in there. It's just I don't know. I can't really. It's dead can't really get excited. Yeah. Luckily, the ladies are unstoppable machines. Mm-hmm. So it's good. yeah, insane. Yeah. So it's good. I think all of them scored, or like all their top five scored in double digits in their first game. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty merciless thrashing. It is sometimes hard to watch. I do sometimes, like, I always liken it to, like, watching, like, you you kind of want to basketball is, like, watching, like, a tiger kill a gazelle. Like, it is beautiful in a way, (laughs) but after a hundred straight times, you're just like, this is, am I disgusting for watching this? (laughs) Like, it's true. (laughs) So, you know, I like when they play the good teams. It's pretty sweet, Mm. you know, but there's not not much competition. We're off to a good start, right? (laughs) Welcome to UConn Women's Basketball Podcast. Uh, You know, we're going to just talk about whatever. So, uh, yeah, so Caroline, you had collab New Haven, Mm -hmm. which, as I understand it, was sort of like a Yale-New Haven-y collaboration, if you will, to Mm -hmm. sort of figure out how to spin it more entrepreneurship. Is that right? Yeah, kind of. It kind of started off that way, for sure. I can talk a little bit about that. Um, So I met my co-business partner, Margaret, Mm-hmm. Um, who's she's also from Kentucky and she's uh, also went to Yale. I graduated about three years ago, and we met because Ben Berkowitz essentially was like, Caroline, go help bring the Yale New Haven entrepreneurial ecosystems together, and he just set me set me off. Okay. Um, and then I met Margaret. Like into the woods. Um, so did he like, give you like a sword yeah, or he anything? Didn't, he didn't rule out the woods, but it was it was probably more like a. Sounds like a quest, so I'm just curious. <laughs> right. It was very like, quest-like. I mean, it's very okay. um, but that's where I met Margaret, like behind a table at the Yale Entrepreneurial Institute Fair, and we just totally hit it off. And so we obviously were interested in the Yale New Haven entrepreneurial ecosystems coming together, but we we're also just interested in all of Yale and New Haven. Um, okay, yeah. Why don't I why don't I back up a little bit? So you're you're not from Connecticut, obviously. You're from Kentucky. No. Yeah. Okay. Lovely state, I hear. I don't know. Haven't been. Flyover country, you know? I'm just kidding. Come on. I just haven't been. No, I mean, I'm sure the middle of America is lovely. I just haven't seen a lot of it. But, you know, just laziness, really. Um, Don't worry. I hate it. Caroline's seething right now, by the way. (laughs) I find it's best to get guests on their heels immediately. (laughs) And that way, it really builds a trust relationship. (laughs) All right. So if you're from Kentucky, uh, you went to Yale. 
Mm-hmm. And you stayed in New Haven, which is a kind of rarity, mm-hmm. right? Hopefully not Hopefully, as rare as right. it used to be. Right, yeah. you were working on yeah. that. So what what was it? Like, did you, was there a moment you fell in love with Yale or was it just kind of like... With Yale or with or, I mean, with New Haven, sorry. Yeah, totally. So I fell in love with New Haven super fast. Um, it's mostly because I fell in love with a person, a girl who had grown up most of her entire life in the kind of Hamden, okay. New Haven area. And, and that was when I was a sophomore. Okay. And, so she kind of opened um, your world to the yeah, local totally. area. Just like yeah. going for runs or like going up on rooftops or going to bars or whatever. Oh, and nice. just, you know, that's New Haven just became a lot of who my friends were. Yep. And so it's easy to fight for something when. Right. Right. Like, when you care. Yeah. So I was lucky enough to stay. Do you think that most Yaleys are a little more like uh, insulated from all that? Like they don't really engage in the outer community or. Well, I think that. Um, yes, but I, I don't think it's their fault. I think there's desire and I think there's a ton of hunger too. Yeah. Um, but I think that for a lot of different reasons, it's really difficult to, for example, uh, Yale pretty much provides everything for their students, their gym, literally their jobs. Yeah. Um, they can get within the Yale community. So it's, it's easy to stay. Right. I mean, yeah, what, it's it, comfortable. Yeah, it's comfortable. Um, and then of course, obviously the um, the things that are said about New Haven um, from Yale as an institution, which I think is slowly changing for yeah, people. Yeah, trying to they build have, that bridge. Yeah. Right. They used to have, um, as part of freshman orientation, something called the safety session, and that was mm-hmm. the only session about New Haven. And now they switched that to welcome to New Haven. Oh, which it's, is not, a huge it's not just like a crime-based right. fear right. <laughs> presentation. <laughs> okay, don't walk past Popeyes because right. you will die right. immediately. Right. Um, but those like rhetoric shifts are huge. Um, and then yeah. they just need to do them more consistently. Yeah, there's a huge psychological and, aspect exactly. to all that, how you first. Right. Interesting. How did UConn talk? Did you go to UConn? No, I went to Southern. Okay. How mm-hmm. did UConn and Southern talk about the broader New Haven community? I mean, UConn didn't even, there was no acknowledgement of New Haven right. at all. It's just like, well, if you want, you could take a bus to Hartford, but you don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I'm from Coventry, so UConn was basically already home. Like, there was no culture shift. They were like, oh, there's Calisbury. I'm like, yeah, I know. I remember, like, I grew up here, you know, so there was no, yeah. It was yeah, just Southern, like, Southern was similar for me that it's in New Haven, so I'm, I was already right nearby, I felt like mm-hmm. home, but Southern has a weird isolation, I feel like, mm-hmm. from New Haven, where it's like, you go there, and it's it's not well integrated mm-hmm. at all. It, it's basically in New Haven, but the opportunity to have, like, a campus in the city is not, it's completely lacking at Southern, you know what I mean? Right. I mean, similarly, um, Yale, do they, like, how does Southern talk to its students about engagement in New Haven? Is it something that's, like, welcomed? Is something that's just not talked about? Is it something um, In my experience, not. Mm-hmm. It's just not really talked about. It, it's different, too, because it's, you know, it's, like, half commuter, half, you know, people living in dorms. So there's there's less of a, you know, population coming from far away that's, like, this is your home now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot more people that are already from around here. Mm-hmm. So there's, like, there's already awareness of, of the city. Um but I feel like it is a big missed opportunity that they could integrate with, you know, Hampton and New Haven a lot more. I mean, there's a massive built infrastructure over there and a huge population of people. And there's, you know, you wouldn't really have as many people like going downtown or like that kind of thing at, mm-hmm. at Southern where I think there could be, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, in a lot of ways with the state schools, it's like they're the people from around that area. So, like, yeah. I'm from Coventry. A lot of kids went to Eastern Connecticut because that was like the local you know, cheapish, not that hard to get into school. Sorry, old classmates. But, uh, you know, I went to Central for a year just to avoid a lot of those people. Like, no offense. Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys. Uh, I'm not sorry. I don't like you at all. Please don't tune in. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sure they're lovely. I don't talk to them. Coventry people, come on. They're all still in Coventry. They're not going to hear this. Don't worry. It's fine. They don't listen to podcasts in Coventry, so it's not a problem. <laughs> That's right. They haven't heard of that yet. They'll get it eventually. I know nothing about Coventry. Nobody, I mean, nobody does. I nothing, yeah, nobody does. I have yeah. a like, picture in my head. Like, what is it? What did your backyard look like if you had a backyard? It just looked like a yard with a bunch of trees. A lot of forests, you know, mm-hmm. forests, a bit of farmlands. We have a lake, so we have lake folk. <laughs> I mean, it was more of a large pond than a swamp. Uh, Coventry is the town I always say is like, it's the town that proves that just because you have a house on a lake does not mean you have a lake house. You know, mm-hmm. more of a lake shack. Mm-hmm. Lake adjacent. It's nice. Right. But, you know, it's uh, it's all right. You know, I don't miss it. It's kind of a boring town, but it's like fun if you want to raise your kids somewhere quiet, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not a lot to do. So 
I prefer, and that's why I think, like, for me, I fell in love with New Haven because I was like, oh, I can, like, just walk places mm-hmm. and there's, like, things to do via bike. What a, like, mm-hmm. it's just crazy, you mm-hmm. know? And I think, like, you know, in, in, that's happening in a lot of places, really. People are like, oh, we really want to make everything more accessible, mm-hmm. you know, not via cars or whatever. So, uh, yeah. So you, you kind of fell in love with New Haven and, well, you got, you got a job with C-Click Fix. Yeah. So, I met Ben also my sophomore year through the Daily Nutmeg, okay. uh, that awesome newsletter. Yeah. Um, and I basically just saw his picture and I saw the description of Sequel Fix and I was like, he's the coolest guy in the world. I have to reach out to him. And so I met him um, when I think Sequel Fix office was in a different place and it was full of hammocks and boxes and stuff. And we really hit it off. And Is it not like that now? Uh, less boxes. No, I think more hammocks. More, more hammocks. Now. Hopefully more hammocks. It's actually all just hammocks now. <laughs> Ideally. Um, but yeah, I think we just, he was, I mean, Ben's a huge mentor of mine. Have you met Ben? Uh, I think I have run into him in passing, but I've never really formally met him. Yeah, he's amazing. Um, and so um, after I graduated, I went back home to Kentucky for a second. Um, when I was a senior in college, I was really interested in military service, and I thought that was a direction that I was going to go. Um, uh, and then I remember having this really pivotal conversation with Doug Houseladen, where he was like, there's multiple kinds of public service that you can do. Um, and then, uh, Ben, um, just kept on messaging me on Facebook about like all these things happening in New Haven and he was lucky enough to get a job, which I'm still super grateful for because it's the only reason I was able to come back here. That's awesome. So you could be in Afghanistan right now. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) I don't know about that. (laughs) So he basically saved you. You need some sort of medal or something, right? Right. (laughs) Or you could have been a hero that saved a bunch of people. Maybe it's the, all right, we won't go down that path. (laughs) Um, yeah, I, I, I actually find that's the case where, like, for me, I get pretty amped up about New Haven, and I feel like it affects other people, and they're just like, oh, man, like, yeah, you, you make it sound so great, and they're like, yeah, I mean, I think it is, but I don't know. Well, I never, I've actually never heard the origin story of Between Two Rocks. Like, I think it's, I think it's fucking awesome what you the do. The blog itself? Yeah, or the name? Yeah, creating content about... <laughs> Strictly the name. Because <laughs> I name. actually didn't come up with the name, so <laughs> I put it to a vote, and actually one guy came up with the top two vote getters. That was Wait, pretty... did you have the content first, and then people named it? Uh, I had the idea first, and mm-hmm. I said I need an idea for a New Haven blog. When did you start it? Uh, I guess two or three years ago. So, I don't know, yeah. maybe longer. Time flies. Yeah, why did you? Um, <laughs> are you saying I shouldn't have? Is that what you're getting at? <laughs> no, I'm excited. Because never... I do question if I should. No. Yeah. Um, I just, I always loved writing. I wrote at uh, UConn for the Daily Campus, uh, a friend of mine. I was ranting about something, and he was like, you should write commentary for the articles. Like, you're funny. And so I started writing, and uh, I was pretty popular by, I don't know, UConn newspaper standards, which are not very high. But, you know. I fell in love with it. And then after college, there's like nowhere to really write. Like, I, mean, I wasn't a journalist major. I was like a computer mm-hmm. guy. So it was like, I didn't know how to continue it. So I kind of wrote blogs personally, but I'm just like, who, why would anybody read about like my thoughts on anything? You know, and like just random thoughts. So I thought, um, you know, once I fell in love with the Haven, I was kind of like, oh, like there's not really a place for like just opinions. You know what I mean? Like there's the register, which is straight news. There's the independent, which is like hyper local news. And there's like the nutmeg, which is kind of like almost like a New Yorker, like here's what's happening, flowery language, et cetera. You know, and it's like more of like a feature. It's artsy, artsy, Mm -hmm. right? It's like more of a feature. I don't know how to describe it, but it's different, you know? And I was like, there could be a place for just opinions or humor or just like making a bit of fun, but also just talking about all the weird shit that makes New Haven good. You know, the things that I found. Um, And so I just like to write. So it's a good avenue for me to just be like, all right, let's try it. And, uh, I'll say it's been a lot more successful than I would have imagined initially, you know. Is there one piece that you're the most proud of that you still think about? Uh, no, not really, yeah. <laughs> I just, I mean, I was I was actually pretty happy with the one I wrote recently about people who should stop complaining about Connecticut, because a lot of people mm-hmm. reached out and were like, that's awesome that you're just like, listen, man, we can do it. We just got to, like, put our, you know, minds to it. Like, this is not an unsolvable problem, but we, you know, we got to stop pretending that this is hell, and we had to start, like, making changes or whatever you know what i mean and so i think that's just like an attitude shift so i was proud of that but plus it was my first chance to photoshop damaloy's head onto a you know mad max character so that was pretty good how did you fall in love with me i grew up here so um but i wouldn't say that doesn't know any better i just don't know any better yeah (laughs) i wouldn't say i was in love with it as a kid but it was as i got older i really grew to um 
appreciate it a lot more and kind of just the things that I liked about growing up, I saw the the value in, in New Haven when I met more people and heard about their experience or visited other cities. And, um, you know, I think it's great for not only to grow up as I got older, I'm like, oh, this is also a cool place to, to be when you're young 20s. And this is also a cool place to be when you're in your 30s. Like, there's just a lot, a lot of stuff I like about it. So I've kind of grew into a big New Haven booster, you know, mm. um, and and then I feel like when you're a big New Haven booster, it kind of magnetically attracts other New Haven boosters because mm-hmm. everyone, they want to talk to other people that really like being here. So, yeah. um, so it kind of reinforces itself, you mm-hmm. know, um, and you also repel people who complain about New Haven at the same time. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or bring them in, convert them. No, nah, I don't even try. I don't, I don't waste my time with that. <laughs> yeah, just get rid of them. We don't, we got no time for that, you know, go back to wherever, Iowa, let's say Iowa. Did you, you want to say Kentucky? You, did you, you, you totally <laughs> want to say Kentucky. I did want to say Kentucky, but I was like, why would I pick Caroline State? There's plenty of states I don't care about. Yeah. There's <laughs> no need to double down on bad ideas, guys. It's fine. Uh, scrolling back to Collab uh, New Haven. So it's called Collab New Haven? Collab. Oh, just Collab. Just Collab. All right. Uh, so basically, you guys provide like funding and ideas and sort of help and like as far as like even like childcare type stuff for people who are thinking about starting businesses. Yeah. Is it all across Connecticut or is it New Haven focused? It de- it's definitely it's all across Connecticut for sure. Okay. Um, but probably a lot of our ventures, especially in this first round, came from New Haven just because that's that's where we know best how to promote the market. But you're totally right. So it's an incubator for Connecticut entrepreneurs, and we provide. All the kind of classic things that an incubator does, a little bit of funding, mentorship, co-working space, pro bono services. And then, yeah, our, one of our main missions is to make entrepreneurship accessible. And so we provide child care and transportation and interpretation services so that a single mother can go through the program, be successful. A recent a person who just came to this country can go through the program, be, um, uh, be successful. Um, and it's been a blast. So where we're at right now is just last week was our pitch day for our first um, cohort um, of our winter incubator. Um, and it was awesome. It was really, really fun. So how many uh, pitches were there? Seven ventures. Okay. Um, so about 15 to 20 entrepreneurs or so, because there's about two per team. Okay. So these are people that already went through the program and yes. they're pitching for funding? or It was or just what? a celebratory, really fun event just to kind of tell folks where they're at right now. Um, not as much to get funding, but mm-hmm. although there are investors and a bunch of different kinds of folks in the crowd. Okay. And so, uh, is it like a contest or you, or is basically like anybody there kind of in and you're, you're in to help them and then you work with them to like find investors or, or take that next step, figure out a lease or, you know. Yeah. So these are, these are all really, really early stage folks. These are, you know, an early stage is a broad term, but they're all basically, they have an idea and they've gotten some traction and the incubator is supposed to help them reach the next goal, boost them to the next level, whatever that means for them. Maybe it's like a first sale. Maybe it's like creating a website. Maybe it's just having their value proposition and knowing it really well and being able to articulate it is maybe it's being able to have talked to 30 customers. Um, and so we had a whole range, like we had, you know, Lotus Leaf Therapeutics, which um, is creating a pillow that aligns women's backs, their spines when they sleep, pregnant women. Hold on, um, women have spines? <laughs> like physically? Big news. Yeah, they're also. Man, trained. I just slept through biology class. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Um, Central Connecticut, everybody. <laughs> I did transfer to UConn, so that's a black mark on Tuesday schools, actually. Yeah, it's also an educational campaign about women's uh, bones. Um, they, <laughs> um, Full like, bones, yeah, everybody. Like they've sold 203 pillows, right? Um, and so, oh, cool. and then there's like Shanetta, you know, who is creating a My City Initiative hat that has the MTA city stocks. You probably see them. Is that the, um, uh, yeah, I've seen like their website. They sell them like yes. Bridgeport, New Haven, and Harford. Totally. Yeah. yeah cool. Um, yeah, I want to get one of them, but yeah. uh, I haven't gotten to it yet. They're amazing. So it's sort of the whole kind of range. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was a blast. Cool. So do you guys you guys don't really judge the ideas. You just kind of like, all right, we're going to help you regardless of how bad your idea is. Well, so we... Like, would you discourage somebody? Like, if I came yeah. to you and I was like, okay, I got this idea, right? You know how, like, rap snacks are like snacks, except if you like rap? But what about that for rock and roll? Huh? Boom. <laughs> So I came to you with that, like, what, what would you do? What would you say to me? 
Yeah, so we have an application process. So in order to go be in the cohort... I'm so sorry. I don't know why I did no, that. No, <laughs> I'm a little confused by the product. I would ask more questions. So I would not, I would not discourage you. I would, no follow-up questions curious. allowed. <laughs> I'd be curious to know more. I need $100 million. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so uh, there's an application process. And so we had one, uh, I guess, like seven weeks ago. And... Um, and then we had a group of readers narrow all those applications down to the seven ventures. So those ventures are pretty kick-ass. They're okay. amazing. I got gotcha. you. Um, so there was some sort of like process by yes. which I got gotcha. you. know, Margaret and I were able to talk to almost every single venture that applied, and there were about 75 ventures that applied. Um, and so, you know, we had to practice. I mean, I, I, so Margaret comes from a venture background. I come from, I do not come from a venture background. I come from community organizing. I come from a little bit of startup culture. Um, but is that what you, what you like? That's your, your family or community organizers? No, my my parents are psychologists. They're okay, because you say you come from I don't know. What I come that... from a community organizing background, as in before collab. For the past okay, years, okay. Like, with Bike Month. Come from like, a long yeah. line of community <laughs> organizers. We came over on this ship that we organized ourselves. I don't know. <laughs> I guess my mom, when she was in Korea, so my mom grew up in a tiny village in Korea, and she hasn't told me a lot about this, but I mean, there it was. There it was a time when she was growing up of like incredible student advocacy, um, but she doesn't tell me about that. So maybe maybe I do come from a lineage of community organizing, but she doesn't yeah, I mean, tell me about it. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Cool. So can you tell us about any of the ideas that have been pitched? Is there any any good stuff? Is it mostly products or services or or what? Yeah. So in this round, we had again seven, and about four of them were education oriented, and about a couple were products, and one was. Um, a catering business mm -hmm. um, food. So we had City Seed Sanctuary Kitchen, um, which is amazing. They're, um, they've been working with a lot of immigrant refugee chefs um, to create, um, to make food. And then now they want to create a catering business to be able to elevate eventually those um, uh, chefs into their own, uh, to be, become their own entrepreneurs and their own businesses. Um, and then, um, and there's Ron and Dan who created New Haven Counts, which essentially is going to be like New Haven Reads, but for math. So um, this is just like the chip oh, idea, cool. basically. Mm -hmm. This is like the chip idea I just had, except for math. Yeah, right. <laughs> A little different. Um, uh, yeah, and then um, we had Scikit, which wants to create uh, rentable, um, affordable kits for teachers to use in the classroom around science, um, because right now, you know, because of a Weird different reasons, like teachers can't often have to pay out of pocket for the materials they use in a class, which is insane. And so, a sidekick wants to make them rentable, make them. Um, now, do you know if teachers have to buy their own guns, or if that's like, <laughs> are they like state provided? Does anybody know? They buy the holsters, yeah. but the guns are provided. Oh, that's, that's actually yeah. Are holsters expensive? <laughs> they can be. Yeah. All right. <laughs> On a teacher's salary, yeah. <laughs> have you guys ever wanted to start something? Um, I run two businesses, so boom, yes, already there. What do you run? Um, so I have a, I'm a freelance web developer, um, Colossal Ventures that I've been doing for about over ten years, almost. Um, so I went to school for things totally unrelated to building websites, and then I came out and just started doing that, and I realized I could make money, so I just did that for a while, um, and then just recently in the past few years, um, I started buying houses, and I have um been getting more into that business um renting apartments um under elm city homes this is my uh my business for that do you see a relationship between elm city homes and colossal ventures like do you see any kind of no not at all i'm not the only thing that's crossing right. between those two things <laughs> yeah <laughs> what did you study in school um i went to school for undergrad for economics um and then i got a master's at southern for urban studies um which is basically like kind of like urban planning with more of a um a social focus as well um, and I got a minor in computer science, um, mm -hmm. undergrad. So that was kind of like a little, little computer component. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I use all of those things, economics and urban mm -hmm. studies for sure. Just nothing, you know, didn't get a job directly out of it. I've always had like an entrepreneurial spirit. So mm -hmm. that's kind of what motivates me. And how about you? I would say the total opposite. I've never wanted to do anything, you know? I'm, uh, that's the whole sentence. That's it. It's done, guys. There's no we're, podcast over. Over now. This is our first and last. Uh, no, I actually have never really thought of myself as an entrepreneur or anything. I've never really wanted to like run a business, um, but I've always loved writing and uh, I don't know that side of things. And I think 
I, I, you know, I'm honestly not sure. In, in some ways, this feels like totally accidental. Like I didn't really mean to like make between two rocks a thing that like, mm-hmm. like it's crazy. Like I was at a party like a week ago, and I was cracking some jokes, and this girl's like, "Oh, you're really funny." I was like, "Yeah, I do stand up," and she's like, "Oh my god, so was the guy who does between two rocks?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it's me. It's just like, <laughs> like there's just there's just the one guy. It's me. There's not several of us. Like, mm-hmm. but um." I, I just I never imagined it would be anything that people would care about, but it's super fun. Um, and uh, yeah, I just I love writing. And then a few years ago, I tried stand up, and I kind of fell in love with that. Um, and now it's just like an obsession. So I don't think of I I still don't think of myself as like a creator or like a business owner or anything like that. I just um, have a lot of dumb opinions I can't keep to myself. Is the main thing. So comedy. Colin is um, nodding. He doesn't work like, on radio, but uh, are, you a like, yeah. <laughs> are you a comedian too? Uh, I'm not a professional comedian, so I'm exactly like Josh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, okay. Well, I have technically been paid That's a couple true. of That's times, so true. I'm like sort of working well, comedian. <laughs> for both of you, maybe slightly more for you than I'd be curious. I'm always curious about the transition from like the verb of something to the noun of something. Like I do comedy versus I am a comedian and when did that shift for you and maybe oh i don't have either of those things yeah (laughs) i don't i don't consider myself like a comedian yet i just don't like i'm not i think a lot of it's just i hang out with comics who've been doing it for a lot longer and i see how good they are and i know i'm like not there i think i'm Mm -hmm. getting better all the time but it's just like to i don't know it's probably just insecurity. Like, I don't mm. think I'm that good. Um, so I'm getting there, though. You know, I maybe consider myself like a comic more than a comedian. So that's like a baby comedian, maybe, mm. you know, an apprentice. Josh was looking at job descriptions and he was like, oh, comedian, do you hate yourself? This looks like a good career for me. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like I already hated myself. So I already had the prerequisites figured out. Uh, and I have an inflated sense yeah. of self-importance. So it was just like everything was already checking all the boxes. Do you feel like... Um like thinking like like walking around the world through the lens of comedy like changes anything at all just how you interact with stuff how you look at stuff because I feel like that's true for poets right like a poet I feel like looks at the world slightly differently or like a photographer does do you think that's true for comedy yeah I think I think it was always how I viewed the world and I think Mm -hmm. probably Colin is the same way where like you're always looking for things that are hilarious it's just Mm -hmm. that when you when you the more comedy you do the more you work that muscle out and the more like you really start to like see all the things. And you already had those thoughts. They're just more tuned now, you know, but even yeah. when, I, when I hang out with Colin, like we're always riffing off each other's terrible thoughts. Funny people know? are just constantly waiting to tell a joke at all times, <laughs> just churning through ideas in their head to, to get out there. Yeah. Like Colin and I are in like a group chat with a bunch of our friends and like a lot of them are like trying to like make plans and Colin and I are just telling jokes <laughs> and just making noise that is not helpful. Funny to us. But not maybe to the the plan. How you did know? you two meet? Uh, we kickball. Up, yeah, kickball. Mm-hmm. Good old Waka kickball. That's where everybody meets in New Haven. I yeah. know. The I only way to meet people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just I I had a friend who she's like, oh, like you should join a kickball team. Like it's a great way to meet people. Because I was pretty new to Haven, mm-hmm. and uh, I happened to just randomly be on Colin's team, and uh, yeah, the rest is is mostly drunk history. You know, like. We just got along pretty well, and, like, he already knew a ton of people, so it was basically, like, I got welcomed into this, like, mafia family mm-hmm. of, like, New Haven people. I didn't know any of them. Mm-hmm. I just, um, you know, I helped Colin commit some minor misdemeanors, and I think really showed my loyalty, mm-hmm. you know? Because it is, like, a gang. It's just, like, a very soft gang. Yeah, it's know? a roving gang around New Haven. It is. <laughs> it's funny, because I grew up here, and I didn't know anything about kickball. I never heard of it, and then I... I met one person who was in it. He was like, hey, you should come play. And it was an entirely different world of 400 people that were getting together every week. And I knew nothing about it prior to that. So it's like you're either, if you don't know about it, it's just doesn't exist. And once you're in it, it like consumes your whole life because yeah, there's totally so many people. I didn't, yeah. I've heard, I've heard exactly things like this. People mention it, refer to it, but I've never seen it. Oh, you've never even seen it? Oh, you should check it out. Yeah, it's just it's an like experience. It's, it's worth seeing once mm-hmm. just to be like, wow. There are some people really working out some adolescent stuff here. <laughs> That's right. And drinking and just carousing. Like, there's definitely a lot of, like, incestuous relationship mm-hmm. building and smashing going on, you know? Yeah. Is the Drunken. gang that you're talking about still intact? Is it still together? We have mostly uh, retired from kickball, I think. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we hang out with kickball people, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, those are, like, definitely friendships that have withstood. You know, I mm-hmm. see 
I saw a bunch of them on Sunday for parade day. Like I, you're still friends with those people, even if you don't see them as often, you know, for me, it was just like, I go to like the UConn football game. So tailgating two days in a row is just like, even by my incredibly dumb standards is really self-destructive. So I had to retire for my own. Okay. Who didn't turn their cell phone off? My bad. Amateur hour around here. What do you think it is about, um, because I think, well, I'm fascinated by this. I would I would read a whole article about New Haven kickball because I think it's I wrote just one. Look, it's just, fine. I clearly didn't read it. It's fine. <laughs> I always think it's funny. So I was like, I have an idea for an article you already wrote. <laughs> like, cool. Good to know you're... The funny part is that she's going to leave and not read that post. <laughs> <laughs> I should just repost it once a year. Well, then, well, maybe then you're best position to answer this because I'm curious, like, I think it's, I think it's hard to create spaces like that where people can form like incredible friendships as adults. Um, and I guess what was it about kickball as like a culture or, or kickball, the sport itself that was conducive to creating that form of community? I think it's, you can make it as competitive as you want. There are people that were strangely competitive there and then a whole bunch of people in between. And then some people that really just went there to eat and drink. So it's like very, mm-hmm. everyone can find something out of it. Um, mm-hmm. And it's easy to dip into, like you can, just go anyone who has ever played a sport in their life or not even really like you're kicking a big red ball it's very accessible <laughs> um and then drinking is like i should probably move that to number one is probably yeah it's mostly alcohol driven <laughs> yeah. and then there's like a some kickball going on and a bunch of food so those are like things that bring people together you know yeah. and it's you know a bunch of 20 something people that are largely single and you know hanging out that's pretty mm-hmm. it feeds on itself yeah. Yeah. Once you get that many people like in a area, they're gonna like get weird. So you're gonna get some friendships from that. I'm sure you're gonna get some things that are not friendships, and you know. But yeah, it's certainly a community. It's worth seeing, if nothing else. And I would guess that the element of nostalgia that kickball brings also has some, at least, underlying kind of like every. It's all something that was understood. It's all something that we experienced when we were. Yeah, I think it's just the accessibility. Like, yeah. it's not hard to be like, I could do this. Right. You know what I mean? There's the barrier of entry is very low. If I start like a tennis league for like people to meet people, like how many people are like okay enough at tennis that they're gonna feel comfortable? Mm-hmm. Kickball, you're like, how good at kickball do I have to be? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Probably not very. And so mm-hmm. even if you don't understand like baseball style rules, you could probably manage enough mm-hmm. to like make new friends. You know what I mean? I think there's like that. The the barrier of entry is very low, and I think that helps people to be like okay because like i think you know even when it comes to something like meetup this is another way to like meet adult friends there's like that intimidation factor of like oh what are we going to be like doing are we mm-hmm. that's like a group hike it's kind of weird you know mm-hmm. but a big ass kickball field that's just like mm-hmm. huh i get like mm-hmm. curious i want to see this mm-hmm. yeah i think it's nice too because you're also i mean 99 percent of people are completely removed from uh, mm-hmm. getting permits and dealing with the city and whatever had to go go into making that happen and it's literally just like you show up and then you're there, you know, mm. very welcoming. So, yeah, it's a great way to meet people. I heard the league is not quite as big as it used to be. I know Kyle, who's like the person who runs it, um, maybe taking a break or retiring as well. But I don't know, it's still going on. I'm sure they're, you know, still running that league. So it is a great way to meet, make friends if you're interested. I also have an article about how to make friends in New Haven as an adult. So, you know. Because it's actually funny how often you'll see posts like in the Connecticut or New Haven subreddits about this kind of thing. Like, how do I make friends? How do I get out and meet people? Mm-hmm. And I'm always like, here it is. Here's the article. Just read it. Like, and then it comes with one free friend. You know, <laughs> it's not a good friend, but you know, you just it's always Josh. It's always me. <laughs> right. Unsubscribe. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. It's fun. All right. I know I have some other questions here. Uh, all right. So you're you're heavily involved in Bike Month, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, were you always a big cyclist, like, before you came to New Haven, or? Um, I mean, I guess I was a big cyclist as, like, a little kid, um, as we all So, no, you were just like, a kid. Yeah, yeah. exactly, a kid. Did you, <laughs> yeah. you had a childhood? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's that whole thing of, like, me and my sister biking around and trying to get lost, right? I feel like that's a thing, you know? And then when you go down a street and you feel like you don't remember it, you're like, oh, I don't know. I, need to get, you know, I don't know if I can get back home. Like, that, the thrill of that. Yeah, and then you have to become hill folk or whatever. <laughs> um, pond folk, actually. Pond folk, oh, okay. nice, yeah. <laughs> Swamp people. Swamp people. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely not like a like a spandex-wearing cyclist. I'm like a, exactly as you were coming here, like super cold ears. Like, yeah. really well, you wear really. a helmet, right? Um, I have a full spandex oh, suit underneath this, actually. Oh, you can't wow. see that. Am I the only helmet wearer here? Do you not wear a helmet? I don't, no. I don't either. 
I'm I just think. I think from, about my hair. I don't want to mess it up. Yeah. And <laughs> you're worried about that? All right. <laughs> I uh, I do wear a helmet just because I I mean I commute almost every day on my bike and you know right the head trauma yeah that's a good reason right. to <laughs> right. wear a helmet. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I mean, for me along a lot of it was just like, I do uh, a fair amount of drinking. Um, mm-hmm. and so, and I bike everywhere and I was just like, one of, I'm going to like eat it one of these days. I should probably at least wear a helmet. Like I'm not going to be good, but I could like maybe preserve my brain, you mm-hmm. know, but, uh, plus I'm a good example of kids, mm-hmm. you know, who make fun of me. <laughs> you don't drink anymore though. Well, I mean, yeah, as of six days ago, yeah. right? <laughs> but I mean, I wouldn't I go. Think that yeah, I don't know that we would go pretending like. Well, in my you haven't old, drank today, have you? In my old life from last right. weekend. <laughs> can we point out on this podcast that you've been vaping the whole time? Here <laughs> uh, yeah, we can. Uh, I we'll actually have out. been uh, consuming vape juice here. It's pretty great. It's a uh, THC from California. Hopefully, Connecticut legalizes it, and I won't have to like get it on the black market. But, uh, yeah, listen, comedy comes from weed, guys. I don't know what to tell you. Like, I think I'm opposed to vape juice since you recently started this, just because I don't like the name vape juice. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. It's fine if you're just going to smoke some weed. Just, it's the, the, the juice, juice part I think. Yeah. Oh, I describe yeah. it so badly. I keep calling it my horrible. vape tool, and Dan's like, why are you doing this? Like, what is going on? Wait, do you call it vape juice, or is it called I do. Juice? No, it's not called. No. Yeah, I, I have this just way of describing <laughs> things in the least attractive way possible. <laughs> And once I know other people are uncomfortable, it's hard for me to stop doing that. <laughs> so it makes me such a great comic. Yeah. No, not at all. Um, so, like, can you fix bikes? Are you, like, a good, you know? Oh, definitely not. Definitely no, not. No, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not a bike fixer. But um, I guess what I'm pretty good at, or what I've been doing for the past three years, is trying to create spaces um, where people can come together to celebrate bikes and to celebrate neighborhood culture and that kind of thing. Like, Bike Month, which is the thing I help organized um is a month-long celebration of biking culture that happens in may and our main kind of bread and butter thing we do are these big open streets events these big neighborhood festivals and multiple different neighborhoods and what we as bike month do is we partner with organizations and advocates in that neighborhood to put on that event and we just support by you know connecting folks who can do bike repair like devil's gear bradley street bicycle co-op folks or free helmets or uh just manpower and energy um and so um that stuff's awesome. Yeah. I love it. I I, so I wanted. I wasn't able to go, but I know you did the one in Newhallville last yeah. year and passed out a million helmets and everything. Yes. That was very cool. Yeah, it was super fun. Um, and it's cool how it changes every single year. Um, like this year, um, now sort of the entire organizing body of Bike Month is are these all these organizers from multiple different neighborhoods. And so one thing that we're trying to do this year is okay, we're this group of people from all these different neighborhoods. Let's ask for something. Let's advocate for something explicitly like i think the events themselves are a form of advocacy it's like lowercase advocacy um but now we have this ability to ask for something as a group of neighborhood advocates from across the city and so that's the thing i think right now going into bike month i'm the most excited about it's like what is that thing that we're asking for um what kind of stuff do you mean like bike paths or yeah right so i think what we're thinking about this year is you know how there's like um there's like a homelessness commission um there's a bunch of different boards and commissions uh there's not actually one for safe streets, like focused on transportation explicitly. Um, and so that's, I think, something that we're thinking about asking for is this representative commission or this re- representative committee that talks directly to the mayor um, and talks directly to Doug and informs the transportation plan, the transportation vision, vision for New Haven. And one that's representative of all different neighborhoods in the city, because right now it's just who's the squeakiest wheel, who's the loudest, is the one that's eventually going to be most influential in informing what the vision for I mean, isn't that pretty much how government works now? Yeah, right. Yeah, no, I think you're <laughs> Just right. whoever's loudest right. gets what they want, and uh, so are everybody else. Right, and that's why it's, like, really important to create really, really healthy structures such that that doesn't happen, so that the people who have the most time, who are the loudest, um, are a, totally a part of the voices, but just right. not the only voice. that there's, like, some sort of system. <laughs> so I always thought Bike Month, which is May, is just mm-hmm. the, the month you can ride bikes. <laughs> And then you just can't ride bikes the other 11. I'm a little confused. I think you lost me a little. Well, you're actually totally right in a way because... Um, hold on, hold on. Okay, go on. <laughs> well, in that, I wasn't expecting that. In that, like, we, we call it bike month, but it probably should be called bike year. Like, I think New Haven bike month is just, it's a, there's something, there is something special about, like, climactic, like a climactic moment 
in the year where we're focusing on biking. Um, no, I think it's a good idea. So you just, thought it was like how you can't talk about black history outside of February? That, yeah, like, uh, dude, it's March right now. So you need to just quiet <laughs> down over there. Sorry, I know we've all seen Black Panther recently, and it was excellent. If anybody hasn't seen it, you should go do that. Um, Have you guys seen Wrinkle in Time? No. No? Uh, you, is that to? based on the book? Yeah, it's supposed to be really good. Uh, I just don't support Oprah. She's too powerful. Wow. <laughs> I mean, just like she's just too rich. Like everybody, you know, anybody who's on the billionaire list, I can't deal with. No, I mean she's great. I don't. He's I don't been anti Oprah for twenty five years, actually. Just I actually have. Because my mom was like so pro Oprah. She's like Oprah can do no wrong. I'm like I don't know. Anybody mm-hmm. that powerful's probably knocked mm-hmm. off a few people, mm-hmm. right? You're just. Mm-hmm. I think the climb to the top is fraught with moral choices. That probably. I mean, I don't know. I don't know why I felt compelled to tear down my mother's heroes. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of get you what you mean. Like there's. I think there there's some there's some elements of culture that feel untouchable, right? Like we feel like they're, right. Yeah, they're you can't criticize certain people. Yeah, it's just for and fun. That's, yeah. That could be but I mean, she's, she seems like a pretty solid. She seems like a force of mostly good, as far as I can tell. I don't know. Do you have someone like that, like a celebrity that, for some reason, you just you're not you're not as into as other people? Um, no, I think I hate just the regular hated celebrities. I don't know if <laughs> I have a uh, totally totally random person like <laughs> Oprah that I hate no just irrational uh, uh, it's extremely rational I believe I just explained <laughs> <laughs> I mean I'd like to believe that you know celebrities are just like terrible people in the same proportions that the rest mm-hmm. of us are mm-hmm. it's easy to make snap judgments when you see a celebrity and they give a nice interview and you're like that's a great person I don't that think celebrities person. are especially bad I just think anybody who can get away with stuff is just likely to be not as good. Like, I just think if people don't have consequences, you know, whether they're rich or powerful or famous, you know, you're just less likely to self-regulate. You know what I mean? I don't see I, I if I were to ever become super famous, I am sure I would somehow become even worse of a person, which seems improbable. I know. But don't they wait? I my only push on that would be don't some celebrities, because by the very fact that they're celebrity have more of an impact or more of a like more more like. I guess, let pegs to fall down from. Like, the, yeah, have- and there's also probably, now that I start thinking about this whole idea, I'm like, well, there's also more people watching them. So, like, if you're a politician, you know, and you, you know, text somebody the wrong thing or something, that can come back to haunt you pretty quickly. Whereas I can text the wrong person and no one will know until I become famous, you know? So, oh, man, I'm just starting to realize I made some bad choices. <laughs> I'm just kidding, guys. I'm not going to be famous. It's fine. I can do whatever I want. It's great. Okay, stop. <laughs> so for uh, Bike Month, do you ever give out bikes to people? Yeah, totally. So we work with this organization called Bikes for Kids, um, and they... Uh, That's who I was talking about, not adults. I don't right. care about them. That's great, <laughs> yeah, obviously. Well, they don't give away. And we, we've given away adult bikes, too, but yes. I mean, I think there's, like, three main reasons why people don't bike, right? There's one, it's because they don't feel safe. Two, their bike's broken. Three, they just don't have a bike. Yeah, so it seems like three would be the number one reason. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, bikes get stolen quite one. a bit. Even if you have a bike, it's not easy to hold on to it, you know? Mm-hmm. You yeah, when I was a kid growing up here, I had all my bikes stolen. I think four bikes. Bikes and flags. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, let's not bring up the flags, guys. <laughs> Too soon. Too soon. Uh, yeah, bikes are... I actually not have... I've not had a bike stolen, but I tend to ride, like, road bikes. Uh, and I ride, you know, bikes for maybe a slightly taller person, so I think it's just, like, less desirable i think mm-hmm. mountain bikes are stolen more especially anything that can be ridden ridden by like a teenager you know because i think that's who's stealing bikes mm-hmm. is probably just you know. well when i was growing up new haven was the kind of place where you didn't have to lock your bike but then they just kept getting stolen you know so i guess i right. should have locked that my you bike did actually have to, <laughs> <laughs> you were just wrong it turns yeah. out uh, it was not simpler back in the day <laughs> no cool cool um all right i would want to say we are we're getting there so it's good you know we got about we're out uh, two-thirds of the way through, I think, roughly where I was, you know, trying to aim for. Mm-hmm. So I thought we could play a couple games. Um, Colin doesn't approve of all of them, but that's okay. We're going to just see how it goes. And then if people like it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. You know, I like to bring up people or throw things around a bit. Uh, the first one, though, he's into, so that's good. Uh, so basically the game is called Dictator for a Day, okay? So basically I'm going to give you $50 million, and you have carte blanche over the city. For the day, you can do anything, but you got to spend that money like immediately. You know what I mean? So what would you? I mean, I'm, obviously, if you like set a project, you can set that into motion. I'm not mm-hmm. saying like if you can't build a playground in a day, you know, that's not mm-hmm. part of this fantasy scenario. But you you have to enact. You know, you have to make all your choices right away, and then you know. So what would you do to help New Haven with fifty million dollars and 
Right. Uh, so I want to hear both of your answers. But my first thought is I am always interested in outcome, but I'm only as interested in outcome as I am in process. Like means and ends to me should always look the same. So what first initially pops in my mind is if I have $50 million, I want to have a big room full of people to help inform me make decisions on I think that you no, don't no, understand what a no, dictator no. is. Dictator. Yeah, you, you're no. missing the point of this game. <laughs> no. Well, no, because I, think, I care what other people think. Boo, you're. No, you're, but yeah. I think that's I think that's actually like the hardest thing to do in the world, and that's the thing that fascinates me the most. So, as a dictator, I'd be very interested in that like process of oh, collective Singapore? voice. Come on, man. <laughs> you have been crushing people to get to where you are as a dictator. You right. have to put yourself in the shoes of who this person is. <laughs> You are um, Oprah's chosen daughter. <laughs> Let's do this. I mean, that's why, I, like, like that's why I'm obviously automatically thinking about that Bike Month representative committee thing, right? Because it would be amazing to have this group of people where that could be distributed across every single neighborhood to build an incredible bike lane. Um, one that's, like, collectively designed. Like, I'm, I would always love, I would love to see a bike lane on Grand Avenue. Um, but I think it's only interesting to have one there if... All of the merchants on Grand Avenue, for example, are really excited about it, feel ownership over it, or else it's just not going to work. And that's why I know... So even if there's one owner who doesn't like it, is that a problem? Like, No, that person should just be convinced. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to say yeah. guilt. Do you, mean by, okay. do you mean physically? Because like, we know people who could... Um, that's coerced. <laughs> I would also... Um, things that are popping in my head are, I think, the, the Methodist Church on the Green... Um, I would love to like put some money towards building them a shower. That's a sanctuary church. Um, building them another shower because they have a bunch of or they have a family there. So giving them another shower would be amazing. I don't so know. That's your whole fifty million right there. <laughs> how actually, much, how much showers cost? <laughs> the subcontractors on that project are really <laughs> ruthless. So also, that was it. <laughs> now I'm just getting excited. I want to hear your all thoughts. My last thing I'll say is I so I've recently been skateboarding more. I love I love it. Um, and like your girl, Ben Berkowitz. Yes. Yep. Um, I love it. And the best place to skateboard is Bonnie Plaza, but you're totally not allowed to skateboard on there. Um, so Ooh, I'd yeah. love to just see, I would, I would love, I guess, another skateboard. Like I'd love a lot, huge one. Somewhere a bit more on Maybe the other like side of town or something. Okay. Longworth would be amazing. Do you have anything like in Fairhaven, like anything like a skate park or? I don't think so. Right. I think they just have, they have Criscola Park, which is like the best place ever, but they don't. I only know of the one in Westville. Is there yeah. is there another one besides that one? No, they have that. And they're like rebuilding that, I guess. Mm -hmm. They're putting yeah, they're putting a awesome. bunch of money into mm -hmm. it and making it all fancy. Oh my gosh, something else. I definitely just public art. Everywhere. Public art. Public okay. art everywhere. So you just commission That's a great idea. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What would you guys do? What would you do? One follow up question. What would you do if you had ten thousand dollars that you had to spend right away? Biggest so, impact you could make. Well, it's funny. It's I actually did have ten thousand dollars. Not me myself, but I'm the. Don't you want some Mohegan? And uh, now she's rich. <laughs> well, I, you know, I was turned uh, it into fifty and then zero. <laughs> Classic um, Mohegan story. But we, um, I'm the chair of the downtown Worcester Square community management team, mm -hmm. and so for the past three years, we've actually gotten funding from the state, ten thousand dollars from the off of the state from the city to do neighborhood improvements. Mm -hmm. And so, um, we did we did a little pitch competition. We took that $10,000 and we had um, people apply for their ideas. And then we had a, a tiny little pitch during one of our meetings where people got, not $10,000, I think it was, a, it was a little bit less than that, um, to do something. And so what won were concrete um, ping pong tables. Um, probably oh, right. Justice I love that. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Is that going down? Is that? Yeah, they just, they just did the specs. Um, and now I think they've probably chosen either Jocelyn Park or... Um, or Booster Square Park, and now the next step is just talking to neighbors about whether or not they want. Okay. So what, how do the balls work? Is there going to be like a... That's a really good question. I, I think they're thinking about doing a partnership with the library, such that you can go over there and... Oh, no, gas yeah, them. And yeah, if... Or if BYO balls. Right. Cool. Yeah. All right. What would you guys do with... I mean, you barely touched that fifty million, so I know. Yeah. maybe I, put, <laughs> yeah, maybe I, said, maybe I should do like a smaller number <laughs> and it's a little yeah. more realistic. Um, I, yeah, I love those public art um, installations like the ping pong tables. Mm -hmm. That's uh, good stuff. I feel like that's low dollar value. You could probably do so much of that with a million dollars. You could blanket mm -hmm. the whole city with all kinds of stuff. So 50 million, I don't know. I would be interested in doing just direct investment in poor families in some capacity. Mm -hmm. That would be – there's so many people that are under – under financial pressure that they're just unable to do much of anything because they 
don't have a car, don't have, um, you know, crippled by whatever debt, um, bad credit, can't can't move somewhere, can't get housing. Bad credit, slow credit, no credit. <laughs> exactly. We're going to post a number at the end of this, actually. It's <laughs> <laughs> not a scam, everybody. We swear. <laughs> we have low, high-interest loans. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know what capacity that would take, but something where it would be maybe longitudinally um, kids that are, you know, either in – Tougher neighborhoods have less access to to mentors, less access to capital, less of the ability to, um, you know, kind of change the direction of their life just just because of their life circumstances they were born into. So I don't know what what that would take, but um, you know, fifty million dollars you could give a thousand families fifty grand that would make a big difference for a lot of a lot of families in a lot of enormous ways. So. Um, Okay, I think Colin is a, a big proponent of universal basic income. I am. So I think anything that he could do that would manifest mm-hmm. that would probably, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know how it's almost like 50 million is not enough to do that kind of thing mm-hmm. on the, the scale that you would want. But I'm sure there are ways that you could you could think of setting something up that mm-hmm. um, would be less of, you know, one punch and it would be more of let's take a smaller number of people, but really bring them from births to 25 mm-hmm. and they they'll have every same advantage that someone else that was born in a better circumstance might have you know mm-hmm. um uh i keep it probably you know it's a lot of money no uh i don't know i probably go like public transportation like light rail or just like dump it all into just like awesome bus service for everybody that mm-hmm. was free maybe like i don't know there's so much that's not getting done there and i just think that we're Annihilating the earth pretty good with all of our cars and the such. And uh, I think cities that are highly, you know, they, I think there's like the psychological barrier. People want to get on a bus, but if it's like a light rail, they're like, ooh, that's cool. You know, I mean, I'll hop on that. Or even like a subway style. We don't need a subway, though. Um, and then, you know, anything we could do to develop the waterfront. So I would just want to do a huge like economic development project there because I think that. What about a casino? What's that? Casino? Casino. <laughs> uh put that on the maybe pile i mean i don't i'm not as against the casino as i know you are yeah um you know because i just think that yeah it's uh bridgeport's not a good place anyway so i don't know like i don't know i, I have mixed feelings about casino so i'm like one of those people who thinks we should like legalize all vice behavior because i just don't think it's you know it's gonna happen anyway so making it a crime just throws people just throws people with vices in jail together where they get to explore become experts in those vices um so I think, yeah, I think developing Long Wharf would be cool and just like, I don't know, God, I wish we could just move the highway out of there somehow. Mm. Like in a perfect world, I would just like, I don't did you guys ever see, I don't know if it was Jake Jonathan Hopkins plan or some architects who had the plan, like make like a beltway around mm. like the harbor, you know, so like they would move the highway into the water and then mm. there'd be like kind of another intersection like north, like maybe more in the Camden area. And then like the, the whole coastline would just be open for development, you know, and I think that would be huge because it's like, you know, Haven is a coastal sea that somehow squandered its coast on, like... But you'd also have a, a ring of pollution around the beach in that scenario. Yeah, I mean, there's no perfect uh, pollution <laughs> here. That's what the light rail is for. Listen, I'm not a dictator either. I didn't think this through. I'm just asking the questions. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. More bike lanes, more buses. So what would you do with 10,000? 10,000? Man, I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, I, uh... I literally have no idea. I, I would be like, hey, Caroline, what do you think we should do with this $10,000? I just, I can't be trusted with that sort of thing. I'm more of a complainer than a doer, which is why I have the blog, you know? Mm-hmm. I just want to criticize other people's ideas. If I myself have ideas, then those are open to criticism, which I have no interest in. So I guess I, I don't know. I like, I liked the whole idea of like having it open to the, the public. That was pretty cool. Like, because there was the there was the ping pong idea and there was like the piano idea and that was pretty yeah. cool too. They actually had two pretty good ideas. Um, you know, I would love to see anything in my neighborhood because I think we kind of get left behind. But I don't, mm-hmm. you know, if I had ten thousand dollars, I would I would make the Edgewood bike lane actually happen because <laughs> that would affect yeah. me and the people in this neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't. It looks like it's on hold. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, all right, our next game, Colin doesn't like, but we're gonna play it anyway. And uh, let us know if you like it. And, uh, I mean, we're so late into the podcast, you're probably not listening anyway, so it's a bit of a non-issue. <laughs> That's the assumption that someone was listening to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's some people, morbid curiosity, we'll get them to tune in for a little bit. I mean, people asked where they could find it, at least two mm-hmm. people. So, 
there will be two built-in listeners at least. And my dad will probably do a guilt listen at least once, so <laughs> that's good. All right, so the next Your dad's going to be refreshing it again and again. <laughs> no, he doesn't. That's crazy. He doesn't love me that much. Ridiculous. Uh, so the next game is uh, Fuck, Mary Kill, but for pizza. So I want to know, oh, what wow. pizza would you marry? What pizza would you fuck? So I guess in this case, it's kind of like fuck with, like, you know, maybe you're a bit drunk, and, like, what, what's your, you know, all right, I'll mess with no, that. Definitely. And then what is your, like, and then we'll say, like, Kill is just, like, the pizza you maybe don't think is as great as other people mm-hmm. do, or... You wouldn't have to be like, oh, what's the worst piece in the whole world? You know, and we're not trying to trash anybody. But, you know. Um, what are the options? There's no... There's uh, totally free form? Like, I think free form. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I feel like I don't want to restrict based on what I think or... You know what I mean? Um, great question. Why did you hate this game? Um, I just... I'm so bored no. of talking about pizza, pizza in New Haven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like a lifelong New Haven resident, mm-hmm. so he, he has less of the appeal. But mm-hmm. people... I'm telling you, people... When I posted... Pizza article, so many hits. Like, people have outrageously strong opinions about pizza here. So. Right, yeah. What's your favorite Chinese restaurant in Worcester Square? <laughs> There's um, a Chinese. <laughs> uh, so, I think the one that is definitely coming to mind, I would definitely marry modern. Like, for sure. Like, okay. I'm with you on that. Like that's I've also my marriage. That is yeah. also mine as yes. well. Oh. Just because that's like the everyday pizza. Steady, mm-hmm. delicious, yeah. hilarious, comforting. Um, is your pizza very funny? No. Oh. Well, well, my my pizza is goofy. Goof? I think like it would be silly, but not necessarily funny. It would go on. Say no, no, no. All right, we're gonna stop um, here. And then I would. How is your pizza silly? <laughs> I guess I was just make, continuing the metaphor of like the love. Like oh, okay, 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 cool. Pizza. I was just curious. Do you order it more? Right, exactly. <laughs> I'll have one whoopee cushion <laughs> pizza. <laughs> uh, and then I think I would fuck Delania. Okay. Um, because I don't know honeypot like it feels like a little bit more like i don't know if i would settle in at home on a couch with delania but i would like go out for delania in fact i think that's i think that's exactly what i would do okay. um well modern is more like a take home um and then kill uh, well my girlfriend elizabeth loves buffalo chicken pizza from marco polo like oh, that. <laughs> man, that's like the ultimate late night yeah, that's and, um, a 2 a.m. special right there. I think I just... I was like, man, I'm probably going to hate myself tomorrow. <laughs> I might as well that. go all in. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not anti... I've, I've ordered from Marco Polo. They're great, but I think... Do you want the ranch dressing? Of course I want the ranch dressing. <laughs> Doesn't it come with a covered in ranch dressing? <laughs> it actually comes with concentric circles of ranch dressing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that I think that's a little weird. So I think I'd kill that. How about you guys? Um, I would also marry Modern. Uh, I think I'd fuck mashed potato bacon at bar. Um, and I don't know. I feel like I have to just go with the big dogs to to kill. Maybe I would kill uh, Peppies. I could not mm. eat Peppies again, but I don't want to. I got to keep modern around. Mm. And bar is just different enough that I would. Uh, I got to fuck with bar once in a while. Yeah, totally. Uh, I actually have similar answers. I would marry Modern. I think that they have just like, like even their straight cheese is just so awesome. Good. Like I, I, you know, every time I have, like, God, this is still so good. Like you think I would get more sick of this, but I don't. Um, and I would probably fuck with the also mashed potato. I don't eat bacon anymore. I don't eat meat, but uh, just mashed. I mean, they have good mashed potatoes enough on its own. Yeah, it really is. Or like some garlic or um, even spinach. But, I mean, even their, like, late-night slices are pretty good, though. Like, mm-hmm. bars, like, bringing it pretty good, compared, considering they're a nightclub. Yeah. Slash. It's their side business. Mm-hmm. Right. Salad. Slash so pool hall. Mm-hmm. Their salad is basically just, like, candy, though. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. Pure sugar. Yeah. But <laughs> it is delicious. Uh, and I would say I would probably kill Sally's, just because I, honestly, and this is just ignorance. I literally have never sat down and eaten Sally's, like, there. So I, went, I never uh, have either, actually. So I've had it, like, to go at, like, a party, but I don't, that's not the proper way to eat pizza. And I'm being unfair. I've just heard that they're, like, super rude, and you got to pay cash, and now they're, like, bought out, and they're going to do nationwide expansions. I'm like, meh, whatever. Mm-hmm. Whoever these new owners are, I don't have to support you. I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, Yeah. All right, fuck Mary Kill, Ethiopian places in New Haven. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> well, one one question I have for you is um, about pizza. If there was something that New Haven, because I I kind of understand your ish with pizza being talked about so much, because I'm like, there's so much more to New Haven than pizza. What? Well, one is that your ish too with people talking about pizza? No, I don't even think of the alternatives. I'm I've, I just literally <laughs> had this conversation so many thousands of times. I'm just like, I, it's the same old crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Everybody, lo- everybody loves the same places. Right. Maybe so. we'll only play it on weeks where Colin is not the co-host. Exactly. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like he'll, yeah, it's all right. We're we're learning. This is right. the first one. <laughs> I think that's okay. I don't yeah. think we have to get it perfect the right the first time. So. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Uh, so that was pretty much all I covered. We are we're coming up on an hour right now, so I think that we're pretty good. Uh, is there anything uh, you guys want to plug? Anything? Anything you're working on? You want to talk about? Uh, people could reach you, find you on Twitter, Caroline. Uh, so on Twitter, I'm Caroline Tanby, Caroline and then T A N B E E. And I don't have anything to plug. Just that I'm just excited to be here. I love the shirt. I like. Lo- I just. I think what you do with Between Two Rocks is really awesome. I don't think I've ever really told you that. I only always, yeah. I always reply to your newsletter things, and I'm like, this is awesome. Or like, well, thank things. you. I do appreciate um, that. But I think it's great. Like, I think it's so, like, why? You don't have to be doing this. You're uh, getting paid for it. I mean, I do it for the glamour and the money, yeah, right? obviously, <laughs> of which are both plentiful, so you know. <laughs> but I just think it's, like, a really dope thing that you do. Thank and you. I'm I happy that, that you're sort of expanding into different kinds of content and media. I think that's Thanks. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, yeah, this is the first one, but I, I had a lot of fun and I, you know, assuming that this comes out reasonably, we'll be doing this again, hopefully in the near future. So yeah, we, nothing to plug, but this is a plug. This was fun. And I'm looking forward to getting this thing to grow. We can get some sound effect buttons on the computer. <laughs> oh yeah. Like once I produce them, yeah, once you produce noises, you can actually play them during, like we could have intro songs oh, and wow. stuff. It's just like, I, I got a lot of other stuff going on, so it's hard to like yeah. overcome it on the first one. Well, like sample out of context clips of Caroline that we can pepper into other <laughs> right. shows. Uh, oh boy, yeah. Do you know that by doing this, you've consented to have your voice used as a promotional tool in whatever deranged I do for Fuck my Marco Polo for my ro- <laughs> Caroline endorses rock and roll chips. Uh, yeah, uh, I am hosting an open mic at JP Dempsey's this week wednesday i have no idea how early this will go out it's every other wednesday so uh you'll probably you know see me post it on facebook of our friends if not you can follow me on there uh i am jlev nhv jlev new haven on twitter and instagram and uh i perform comedy various places not anywhere around here anytime soon so yeah uh thanks so much for tuning in and hopefully we will see you next time great job everybody